to Mountain Mama Misadventures, stories of mishap and adventure from women adventurers. Every woman has a story she can share from the zany to the inspirational. Brought to you by Mountain Mamas, a nonprofit women's adventure organization. Women empowering women to adventure. My name is Emily Hacken and I'm your host today. Um, Debbie's out for the evening having adventures, um, but I have um, a wonderful guest. I've been super excited to have um, this woman with us today um, for our special empowerment episode on um, Bridal Up Hope. Um, her name is Ivy Wimber. And, um, yes, welcome. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yes, I, yeah, I have so many questions that we're going to talk about a lot of really neat things. But um, just to in, as a matter of in, introduction, um, she was born in Georgia. And you don't have a Georgia accent, really. No. I don't. Well, my parents are from Salt Lake originally. Mm-hmm. So every time I would come home, I was just kind of surrounded in that. I don't know if Utah has an accent. Maybe you guys do. I don't we know. We do, like mountains. Yeah. Okay, that's true. That's true. <laughs> like our, was it the like glottal? But anyway, we don't say our T's sometimes. Yeah. So. Yeah. So I think maybe I just took after my parents. And then we moved to Oregon, too. So I was about 11 or 12. So I think that transition out of the South to the West Coast oh, kind of yes. lost some of that. I do still say y'all, though. Oh, I yes. love that word. It is so useful. <laughs> I know. I went, um, I lived in Tennessee for a while, and I would say yeah. all y'all. That was my favorite. I was like, uh-huh. <laughs> I'd be like, I'll take that one step further, all y'all. That's fantastic. Okay, and then you currently live in Springville, Utah, and um, you're single with three older brothers. Um, your father passed away four years ago, and um, and you're living with your mom, and I think mm-hmm. it's just you. You said it was you and your mom, and... And two of my brothers. Who the come and go as, you know, <laughs> are they 20-somethings or like, yeah. uh-huh. <laughs> you know, 20-somethings. <laughs> they just do their own thing. Yeah. <laughs> and then you have one adorable niece. Who's two months old? Yeah, she's oh, so cute. We love her. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. And then um, for your occupation, you're actually like horses is what you do. Like, yeah, that's what uh-huh. I love. Um, you work as the head instructor for Bridal Up Hope in Mapleton, um, and then you're um, also a wrangler for Rocky Mountain Outfitters. Tell me about that, because <laughs> we. Won't. Oh my gosh, it's my fun job. Yeah. So I there's two locations. They have Soldier Hollow and they have Sundance, and I'm at Sundance just because I think it's so beautiful there. I love it. Yeah. I, I snowboard there in the winter, so it's just kind of my home base. I yeah. love it. Oh, yeah, because it's a ski resort, yeah, uh-huh. so it's beautiful. Yeah. So Rocky Mountain Outfitters just has the contract with Sundance to do trail rides. So they have all their horses up there, and I just take people out on trail <laughs> in, like, the most gorgeous place. I love it. It's uh, so fun. How often do you do that? Um, I This year, I just do two days a week. Mm-hmm. Last year, I was there every day, and I loved it, but I think I kind of burnt myself out a little mm-hmm. bit. So I decided to just cut it down to two days this year. Nice. It's been good, though. And is it like a full day or like, a, like do you do multiple rides in a day? Yeah. Well, it kind of depends on my schedule. So some weeks I'm working like 12-hour shifts and other weeks I'm just doing five hours. So it kind of comes and goes depending on bookings. And then also if I, you know, am busy, I can buy cake. I just do the morning or the afternoon. So it's really flexible, which is what I <laughs> really, really like. <laughs> I love that this is a job that you can do. I just love it. Like, like to be in the city and then like still be able to be like, you're like, yeah. I can do trail rides as my job. Like it's my summer job. Mm-hmm. Like that's so great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's awesome. Um, and then the fun fact, I thought this was an awesome fun fact about you. So you said you have the Little Dipper on where and freckles on, it's on my left arm. Yeah, so it just connects like right there, and then the little tail goes down. Oh my word, it's totally on your forearm. That's so yeah. cool. <laughs> 
Well, I, okay, so I never really noticed this, but I had a friend who noticed it, and they're like, wow, that's, you should, that should be your cool fact. Because, you know, every time you do something new, people are always like, what's your name? Where you came from? Right. Like, cool fact. And I can never think of one. <laughs> so ever since, that's been my cool fact. <laughs> I, have, I need to look at my freckles more and find constellations. <laughs> I feel like that's like a very worthwhile activity. <laughs> <laughs> that's so cool. All right. So, um, so tell us a little bit about Bridal Up Hope and the, this is the thing that's kind of been empowering you to help women mm-hmm. and, and young women, too. Yeah, it's all ages pretty much. So we have a girls program and a women's program. Mm-hmm. Um, but the barn is designed to teach women life skills through equestrian lessons. And we do that using the seven habits. Mm-hmm. So the origin story is the Coveys who wrote the seven habits. They had a really sweet daughter who passed away due to her depression. Uh-huh. And at her funeral, all these people came up and were like, you know what? Rachel really gave me comfort and peace because she would always take me on trail rides in the mountains or she would teach me how to work with her horses or something to do with horses. Yeah. And so her parents were like, there's something here, you know, and maybe we can explore this. So they combined the seven habits, which is a big thing in their family. Like their grandfather wrote the original book. and then Like seven habits for highly effective people, yeah. right? Stephen mm-hmm. R. Covey, is that right? Yeah, that's them. Yeah, yeah, that's the book. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So they combined the seven habits with writing lessons and then mm-hmm. that's kind of how the barn started. Oh, my word. So you call it the barn. What does it mean, the barn? That's just my little slang term for it. But it's the actual, like, barn in Alpine is headquarters, which is where I started. Oh, okay. So So, that's like, yeah. 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 So to me, I just call it the barn. That's my (laughs) life. So so you talk about the seven habits of highly effective people. Mm -hmm. How does that um, translate to horses? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So my favorite habit, which is be proactive, that's the first habit. We always talk about the paradigm of the horse. So out in the wild, horses are in one big herd and they have one boss mare and she controls the entire herd. So most horses don't wanna be the leader, they're looking for that leadership. Mm -hmm. So when you have that human horse relationship, you have to be the leader. So you you have to take that time to learn about their paradigm and be proactive about learning about the horse and the way that they think so that you can establish that leadership with them. And we use techniques like groundwork and desensitizing and all these really cool things you can do with horses to take that proactive step and teaching them that you are the leader in the relationship and Mm -hmm. showing them that you are someone they can trust and be safe with. So then when you hop on their back, they're like, okay, she's my boss mare. Mm -hmm. And then you can go from there and your ride is a lot better. So that's my favorite habit to teach because I think a lot of times as women, we're a little bit shy or we don't take the step. We don't voice our needs. We don't voice our opinion out of fear of judgment or whatever that may be. But when you get into a round pen with a horse, it's either you or the horse. Right. And you have to take that proactive step to establish that relationship. And so I'll have students start the program and they're just too timid to tell the horse where to go. So the horse just kind of walks all over them. But then by the end of the program, when they learn to use their voice and take that proactive step of being confident, showing the horse that they're the boss mare, they have like this air of confidence about them every time they walk into the barn, which slowly bleeds over to their life. So it's those little things about the habits that you can just apply to horsemanship that kind of changes the way they view themselves and the confidence that they have. I mean, is that kind of the whole premise is that you were just using horses as a facilitator Mm -hmm. to teach these women how to become more confident and... Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's all about teaching them to have hope for the future, to be resilient when life is hard, and to have confidence no matter what. 
And I think courses have this really magical way of teaching you all of those different uh, principles. Yeah. And so it, it's kind of funny to think that The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People is a business book, and then we have horses, so we're combining business and horses, but it works out really, really well. That's amazing. So what are yeah. some of the other steps that you... Like um, the other habits? Yeah, the other habits. Um, so you have be proactive. Let's see if I can remember this. Begin. <laughs> Not, no <laughs> pressure, right? Um, uh, let's see. Begin with the end in mind. Put first things first. Think win-win. <gasps> Seek first to understand and then to, to be, be understood. understood. Um, synergy. Sharpen your saw. And then there's an honorary eighth habit, which is use your voice and then help others to find theirs. There's a oh, whole other book about it. And nice. Whatnot. But you can kind of see that play out in the program because we have what you call service hours where the girls and the women come and they feed the horses and muck stalls and clean the barn, that kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and girls who first come to service hours tend to be really shy and kind of uncertain. But once they go through the program, they become so comfortable at the barn that they're the ones who are super bubbly when like 14 weeks earlier, they were really shy. Yeah. You know? And so once they find their voice, then they start encouraging the other girls and... So it's kind of that eighth habit of like, once they find their confidence, then they're more bubbly and yes. can invite the other girls to talk and get to know them. And there's kind of that flip, you know? Oh, that's Which brilliant. Really Cause you know that yeah. that's how, I feel like that's how you empower people is like, mm-hmm. now that they have the skill, like it's not just good enough to know the skill, but yeah, sharing that with somebody else helps empower both of you. I mean, that's yeah. what Mount Mama does. So I yeah. love it. That's like the, yeah, it's brilliant. <laughs> that's cool. I love it. Yeah. How, so, um, going back to being proactive, like, how how do you get these women who are super, sh- like, what are some of the techniques to kind of g- help them kind of, get yeah. Out of their shell. Yeah, out of their shell and kind of make those first steps. Yeah. Well, I always really explain to my student the paradigm of a horse, the way their mind works, the way that they think. Because I think when we understand the situation we're going into, we feel a little bit more confident. Yeah. I don't know about other people, but whenever... I don't know what I'm doing or I don't know who's there. I've never been there before. I always get really anxious. Yes. And then once I go and I come back a second time, I'm just fine. So I try to explain everything that's going to happen in our groundwork, the way the horse is going to act, the way that you act, so that my student feels really prepared for it. Yeah. And then once she feels prepared, she has a little bit more confidence. And then I just take it in baby steps. So I explain what round pinning is or lunging or whatever groundwork method we're using. And then I do it with the horse and talk her through it. And then she does it with the horse and I'm right behind her kind of talking her through it. And then I leave the area and let her do her own thing and talk her through it. So it's those little baby steps that help her be like, okay, this is what I'm doing, the repetition of doing it over and over again. And then slowly as they understand, giving them more and more freedom and leeway to kind of take it over and do their own thing with the horse. That's my, my biggest method when it comes to students. I think is just really giving them the confidence to trust themselves. Like a lot of encouragement, a lot of praise. Sometimes you do have to correct them, but making sure that you're mostly building up their confidence so that when you do leave and let them do their thing, they feel like, okay, I can do this, I got that. Right. Because you know? I know safety is a big thing. Like, yeah. what are the boundaries and things that you set when you have a gal coming for the first time and, you know, like. Yeah. So we start with the basics. Before we even do groundwork and work with our horse, I teach her what a halter is, what a lead rope is, how you safely halter, how you walk the horse forward and back them up and turn them left and right so they just know the basics, right? 
And then we take them into the barn, we groom them, we learn their body parts, their blind spots, because horses have better vision that, than we do, but they can't see directly behind them and directly in front of them. So I kind of teach them about the horse and then we go in and do groundwork. So it's just starting from the very basics and then slowly working your way up to kind of help them be safe around the horse. Yeah. Like you're saying. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so how did you kind of get started with this whole program? So I went through the program. Ah, That's how I got done. <laughs> That's awesome. It was kind of a funny story. So we had just moved to Utah, and my um, grandparents live in Salt Lake. And it was my grandfather who saw something about the barn on the news. I think there was like an interview or something. Um, and he was like, you know what? I think this would be really great for Ivy. Because I had ridden before, of course, but we had just moved to Utah, so I didn't have a barn to go to. And I got busy with school. And he was like, I think this would be a great way for Ivy to kind of get settled in Utah. Mm-hmm. So he told my parents about it, and they're like, let's do it, let's show her. So we had a barn tour, and I loved it. I thought it was a really great idea. <laughs> How and old were you at the time? Oh gosh, I think I was 16. Mm-hmm. So nice. yeah, so we signed up for the program. And I did it. I went through the program, um, and shortly after I graduated, they have a little graduation ceremony at the end. Mm -hmm. So after my, um, we call it advancement. After my advancement, they hired me as a service lead, which was the service hours I was telling you about. The Mm -hmm. service leads just kind of help facilitate that. Um, And then I became their service lead coordinator, so over the entire service program. Mm -hmm. And then like a month later, they hired me as an instructor. Is that a dream job or like, you're like that's it. what you wanted to do? Yeah, I loved it so much. It was cool because it goes back to that eighth habit of I had found my voice through yes. the program and I could turn around and become an instructor and help girls find their voice. Oh, you know, how long does the program take? So for women, it's seven weeks and for girls, it's 14 because the way they break it up is the girls have um, one hour lessons. And then the women have two-hour lessons. Oh, okay. And so that's why it's a little bit shorter, because their program is just condensed a little bit. And we had um, two gals in our neighborhood, two young women, mm-hmm. go through your program recently. And they were doing things like not just horse work, but they had some yeah. other activities that they were also doing, which I thought was really empowering for them. Mm-hmm. Can you talk a little bit about that? Or Yeah, are you talking about like yoga and art? Yeah. yeah. I was like, what the? This is amazing. Yoga at a barn? <laughs> yeah. So at Alpine, they have um, yoga, art. I don't know if they're doing self-defense right now. They were when I was still at Alpine. But at Mapleton, they have line dancing, cooking. <laughs> I know, that's so fun. That's so fun. I went to one class, had no idea what I was doing. I looked horrible, but it was so fun. I loved it. <laughs> so they have... Um, Yoga, art, line dancing, cooking, let's see. They have self-defense. And then with art, they have acrylic and watercolor. So they have kind of a range of classes. But the reason why they do that is because it ties back to habit seven, which is sharpen your saw. Ah. And sharpen your saw is the whole idea of Mm self-care. So there's kind of two elements to self-care. One is um, just relaxing and having fun. And then one is like fine tuning different skills that you have. And so all of those classes kind of fit into both categories because you can just relax in yoga or you could really work on your watercolor skills. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it just ties back into the seventh habit. That's why we have all of those different classes. I was wondering about that because I'm like, these are awesome skills, especially they were like 12 year old girls. Like Mm -hmm. this is so great for them to know. Yeah, Yeah. it was very impressed. (laughs) (laughs) So what gives you the most fulfillment about um, doing this, working with Bridal Up Hope? 
it's seeing the change in my students. So an example of that is I had this one student that before I had even met her, uh, the program director called me into her office and she was like, hey, I wanna talk about this student that I think would be a good fit for you. And she never calls us into her office about assigning us students. So I was like, okay, where are you going with this? Right. And we, before we start with a student, we have a little background information on them, just because some of these girls have been through quite a bit of trauma. So it's mm -hmm. good for us to know some of their background so we know what kind of boundaries we need to have with them. Um, so we had a long conversation about what this girl had experienced. And at that point, I had had other students with trauma, but not to the extent that this girl had experienced. So our program director just wanted to check in with me and see if I was comfortable, like I could handle that. Um, and I got this impression that I should just say yes, even though I felt a little bit nervous about saying yes to that. So I said yes, and I had this student, and I won't lie, it was a little bit rough. Like there are times where we had very challenging lessons together, and I just went home and cried because I was very frustrated, and I just wanted to give her my whole heart. Like I really wanted her to change through this program and to find joy and find peace. Um, and there are times where I felt like we just hit a brick wall with mm -hmm. each other. And then there are times where I felt like we made a ton of progress. Um, but by the end of the program, at her advancement, that little graduation ceremony they had, her mom spoke and she talked about her perspective during the 14 weeks that I had her student. And um, it was really touching to me to hear about the changes that she saw at home, the change that she saw in her daughter, in their relationship, in the way that her daughter interacted with her father and her siblings and friends and things like that. And some of that she had expressed to me during lessons and I could see that there was some progress, but for the most part, I felt like I was going nowhere during mm -hmm. that whole program. Um, but her mom was just in tears and couldn't explain how grateful she was Aww. for her daughter going through that program. And so I was like, oh my gosh. You're like, it's okay. all paid off. <laughs> Something worked. I'm not a horrible instructor. Like it worked. <laughs> like my teaching methods worked. Mm -hmm. and so it, it's the change that I see in my students that make it so worth it. Because there are definitely days where I'm like, it's 90 degrees out and I don't want to be in the middle of the heat teaching a writing lesson right now. But it's just so fun to see how they connect with the horses and how they fall in love with riding the way that I fell in love with riding yeah. and how the seven habits changes the way that they see the world and the way that they see themselves. And that to me is so worth it. Yeah. No matter what happens, if I could make a difference in just one person's life, I'd be content with that. But the fact that I have a new girl every 14 weeks and a new woman every seven weeks and it always changes them is so fun to me. <laughs> I like, love it. Like, I feel like it's like that, just that intrinsic joy. Like you yeah. just like can't get over like, yes. yeah, helping yeah, yeah. and just seeing people change. So you are just like, so it's a one-on-one -on -one relationship. Mm -hmm. I didn't know that. I thought you'd have yeah. a group, so. No, it's just one-on-one. -on -one. So every woman, every girl has one instructor. And in your lesson block, like that is your time. You can talk about anything, you can do anything. It's totally up to you and your student. Oh my word, that's amazing. Yeah. So how are your students chosen or how do people sign up for that? Like that seems like I know it's a very precious thing. So yeah, so a lot of it is just through word of mouth, like people hearing like, oh, I had a friend do that or different things like that. And then when they sign up, they can have a barn tour and kind of see what the whole program is about. Mm -hmm. And then the program director assigns 
students to different instructors. And I will say part of it is based on scheduling because there are only certain times that they can do it and only certain times that instructors can teach. Um, but then the pressure's kind of on the program director because um, they're the ones assigning students and instructors. Mm -hmm. So they want to make it a good connection, yeah, right? Yeah. Um, so I remember when I was at Alpine, our program director talked a lot about how she would pray about every single student Aww. to try. <laughs> and there are times where she would like wake up in the middle of the night and be like, Ivy has to teach this girl. It has to be <laughs> Ivy, we'll find a time. You know, or wh whatever instructor it was with whatever student, mm -hmm. she'd always pray about them and make sure that she got confirmation that this is the right student for this instructor. And it was kind of interesting because you could see patterns in which instructors taught which students. So like in my past, I struggled with an eating disorder when I was younger, and I've had a lot of students who have also struggled with eating disorders, oh, yeah. you know? Mm -hmm. Which I think is great because as someone who's recovered from that, I can, it's a confusing world. You yeah. Know, it's like you're sad so you don't eat, that doesn't make sense, right. right? But I understand it, so I can kind of help navigate that with them. So it's interesting to see, like reflecting back on my different students, seeing like, wow, I struggled with that too, you know, or this was their thought process, this was their paradigm that wasn't true, and I also used to have that paradigm, Yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah, so yeah. It's, it's just so crazy how the program director is very inspired by who she picks for what student and what instructor. That is amazing. Yeah. Oh, that just gives me chills. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I wanted to ask, um, what do you find healing about horses? Like, what is it that just keeps you, I mean, I know you love seeing the change in these women, mm -hmm. but what are you also seeing with horses? Because I know that horse therapy is a huge thing. Like, all yeah. around the world, people are doing all sorts of horse programs mm -hmm. because it's so healing. Like, what have you found? Like, that, yeah. So... For me, I think horses have taught me more than any of my therapy has ever taught me. <laughs> I have an amazing therapist. I'm not saying she's not good. She's fabulous. But um, they just teach, they have this special way of teaching you life skills. Like there's this one moment in one of my lessons where, um, so I do three-day eventing, mm -hmm. which is dressage, show jumping, and cross-country jumping. So at that barn where I do eventing, I was in this lesson and I was so frustrated because my horse was just shooting forward at every opportunity, like like a racehorse almost. Mm -hmm. You know, I couldn't keep that nice control. And I was starting to get frustrated because I felt like I was doing everything in my power to keep a nice, calm horse. But my horse kept just shooting forward, spooking at everything, and it was just all over the place. So my trainer finally stopped me. And he was like, are you mad? It's like, yeah. I'm really mad. And normally I don't ever admit that. I always just say, no, I'm fine. I'm fine. <laughs> but he was like, you must be so pissed off right now. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I am really pissed off. Travis, like, why did you give me this horse? I'm so frustrated. And he was like, stop telling your horse to go forward. I was like, are you serious? I've been telling this horse to slow down for the past like 45 minutes. What do you mean? And he was like, all the energy, all that tension you're holding in your shoulders and your hips, your horse feels that. You need to just take a breath and calm down. That's like, oh, whatever. So I did that. I took a breath and I calmed down and I didn't even think about my horse. I just went through the jumps course and I was focusing about not being tight in my shoulders, not being rigid in my arms and just relaxing and moving with my horse. And it was amazing. 
It was like the best jump I had the whole lesson. And I realized in that moment that I constantly hold tension in my shoulders. Mm -hmm. And so going forward, I was like, okay, in the rest of my life, I'm going to try to remember that. Breathe and release tension. And ever since then, I feel like my anxiety is a little bit better. My struggles are a little bit easier. And my lessons have gone much better since then. <laughs> so it, the attraction to horses is that they make me such a better person. Mm -hmm. They help me through all my struggles. They teach me things that I've been doing and I didn't realize I was doing that have not been helpful in my life. They point out what I'm doing well. They point out what I'm doing wrong. And they just help help me become a better person and that's the addiction to them other than the fact that I get to like ride this gorgeous animal and fly over jumps I and know. it's so fun <laughs> but they they teach me about my life and they teach me how to navigate my struggles and the horses I ride know nothing about what I'm going through right but they but you hold all of that in your body your emotions your feelings and they can sense that yeah it's not that they're magical it's just that they're masters of reading body language mm -hmm. and so they just help teach you take a breath calm down you know it's the most basic lesson but that, I learn it every week when I ride <laughs> <laughs> that is so yeah they're just so intuitive I feel yeah. like my mm -hmm. I that reminds me of a, a mother that she has three beautiful horses right now and she's she doesn't ride them, mm -hmm. really. Like, they're just like, we joke that they're big dogs. But it's, <laughs> it's funny because she gets all her therapy and all her mental and emotional well-being just mm -hmm. comes from just being with them and caring for them and just having that connection, like you're saying. Like, yeah. And they're showing things to her um, that she can't even ar articulate. Like, I know that there are things going on <laughs> with her. I mean, she has been, like, an infinitely happier woman since they've been in her life, and it's mm -hmm. just been a joy. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, I, it's so true. Um, so what are your take-home, what would be your take-home message to those who are thinking about working with horses or are, yeah, what, were you, what would be your thoughts? I would say just do it. <laughs> I feel like we spend way too long thinking about things that we want to do true you should just do it you know with mountain mamas just do the rafting trip or just go rock climbing <laughs> just ride the horse you know <laughs> exactly i mean there are so many barns out here in utah um so they're wherever you live like there's probably a barn mm -hmm. within 20 minutes of you you know so the opportunity is there i would say just go for it and even if you want to start small like uh the barn that i teach at you can just do a barn tour and just meet the horses and see if you even like it, you know? Or just go on a trail ride somewhere. Or just try it and see what you think about it. And then I think you'll fall in love. And then you can find a barn to take lessons at. <laughs> <laughs> so how do you do, like, I know cost has always been, like, a tricky thing for mm -hmm. people to balance with horses. Like, is there ways to subsidize cost with the Bridal Up Hope program? Or, yeah, like, so how do they help with that? They have a scholarship fund. And so when you apply on your application, you can say how much you could spend monthly on this, and then uh, you report, like, your income and some other things, and then they can find scholarship for you. Nice. So at Alpine, they do a lot of fundraising. At Mapleton, it's also a lot of fundraising of people sponsoring girls, sponsoring women, things like that. So I've had students go through who are completely on scholarship. They pay nothing for their lessons. And then other people who play, pay the full amount for their lessons. So it kind of depends on wherever you're at, and then the barn will meet you there. 
Oh, that's yeah. beautiful. That's yeah. so beautiful. And then the other really cool thing is once you complete the program, if you come to service hours, you can earn free lessons. So oh my word! That. That's yeah. especially that for awesome? girls who like want to do that. But yeah, like their mm -hmm. family just not in that situation and want to continue yeah. to do that and have that therapy. Yeah, definitely. Because like you said, horses are expensive. I yeah. won't lie, they're very expensive. <laughs> 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 but um, it's great because girls will just come to service hours. You earn your hours and you get a free lesson. So I have girls who are still taking lessons, like their earned lessons from me, because they just keep coming to service hours. And they did the program like three years ago. Oh my word, that's awesome. Yeah, it's so fun. <laughs> and you're like, and you're the women that are gonna be the teachers. Like, uh -huh. I feel like they're invested. In, yeah. Oh, and it just yeah. makes better women. Like, I feel mm -hmm. like that's just incredible. We, you were amazing a few years ago. We were able to actually do horseback riding for Mountain Mamas as one of yes. our activities. And yeah. that was so great. And I, to see that change with our women, it mm. was incredible. Like, yeah, that was a beautiful opportunity. So yeah, well, and even if you don't learn something super profound about your life through a horse, it's still just fun. Yeah, you know, it's fun to just get on a horse and just have fun and learn to ride and just kind of relax a little bit. You yeah. know. Oh. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Ivy, for coming today. Of I'm course. Just, ah, I just learned so much, and <laughs> I just love having your spirit. You have just such goodness that comes from you. Oh, so. thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, so would you like to share, like, how can people learn about Bridal Up Hope, and where is it at on the website, and, yeah, Instagram, all that kind of stuff? Yeah, so their uh, website is just bridaluphope.org. Um, and that'll take you to the Alpine location. If you're looking for Mapleton, I think it's bridalupopemapleton.org. I could be wrong about that. I'm 85%. You'll sure figure it out. It I think you can get but that if, far. If you like, Google bridalupopemapleton, the website will pop up. Mm -hmm. um, and then on Instagram, it's the same, just at bridalupope or at bridalupopemapleton. Oh, perfect. Yeah. And we'll put all that information in the show notes as well. Um, thank you so much, Ivy, for coming. <laughs> this has just been such a delight. Um, if you To hear more fun, inspiring stories from women like Ivy, feel free to continue to subscribe and give us good reviews and share this with your friends and all that other junk. We would love it. Um, that's it for today's adventure. Join us next time. And as always, remember, a woman's place is in the mountains on a horse.